Never happened. Thanks. Good morning. I love this, okay, I love this. Sorry, can you, you okay there? Yeah, sure, I don't want to be in your way, but being so tall and everything, you can't see. Um, <laughs> um, I thought this morning, I've been, this has been on my heart for quite a while, and I've been going through a little process in my own life, and I thought, I want to bring a message this morning, based not solely on a sermon, but more on a journey that I've been going through. It's a journey of 40 years almost, but this lately has been going through my heart a lot. Am I doing my best for God, enough for him, that he is getting the very best from me? So I've turned, titled everything this morning, Did I Do My Best? And there's three sermon titles this morning. Sorry, I come from an old school. Um, I come from an old school, so that's in there. Um, did I do my best to honour God with everything that he has given me? Did I do my best to honour God sacrificially? And did I do my best to honour God by living for him? Um, there's a great little word in Proverbs 3, verse 9. Hopefully it's come up. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns um, will be filled for overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And that question um, was, was really looming at me. Am I honouring God with everything, with my gifts um, of, of talents that I have, the money, the time, praise, reverence, commitment? Was I giving God everything? And I would, this stuff was really going through my head. And I heard a great story. I was listening to um, a podcast and I heard a great wee story um, of a guy called Admiral uh, Hyman Rickover, now, this guy, was a, this guy was a genius, an absolute genius, and he was a very, very clever man. And he was the guy who developed the, the U.S. Navy's nuclear program in submarines, and he controlled it for over three decades. But he was recruiting new naval um, graduates, new um, naval officers, graduates for the program. And one young man had come in to, to have this interview with him and he had spoken and he had given them the, just the floor to speak and he had spoken for quite a while, almost nearly apparently two hours and he had gone through everything in the programme and when he had finished, um, Admiral Rickover decided that he would have um, question time with him so he started to question him about the things that he was talking about. When the young man suddenly realised he actually didn't know anything about what he had just talked about because Rickover was a clever man, really started to push hard at him and then he said, Rick, um, Admiral Rickover asked him this piercing question. He says, tell me, young man, he said, if you've gone through school, from school right up through all to now, how do you think you've fared? Did you do your best? And he said he was about to say, yes. And then he said, he said um, but no, I haven't actually. And he said, the piercing eyes of the Admiral looked at him and said, and why not? Why not? Interestingly, that young man ended up becoming the 39th president of the United States and his name was Jimmy Carter. And he said from that day on, it was life-changing for him. From that day on, he decided that he was going to do his best in everything. 
Why not? Why not do your best? Did I do my best to honour God with everything he has given me? And that's a question I'm going to pose to you today as it's been going through me over this last while, looking at everything. I looked at everything from every, from every angle and thinking to myself, am I doing my best for the Lord with the gifts and the talents that he has given to me? I've asked myself that question, um, should I be doing more? Should I be involved in more? I've been looking at myself, and I've, to be honest with you, <laughs> I've looking at myself getting older. I was just talking to Jason about this, and Jason said, like, he's, what, you're 32, isn't that right? 32? Yep. Huh? 30? Oh, 30. Right, well, he says he's feeling aches and pains, and I was laughing at him, and I was saying, well, you want to be 58, and then you'd really start to feel them? Because I like nothing more than I love to do and sit down, get the, the TV on, get the fire going, and, you know, get something on TV and think to myself, this is it, this is, this is what it's all about. And it's too easy to become like that. So comfortable that you sit back and not do for the Lord what you really should be doing. Am I doing my best with everything that I have? It's interesting because um, I, I met a guy in all the years that I've been in the Methodist Church and going to different congregations. I met a guy and um, interestingly, he was very gifted and talented. And what I loved about him was he could communicate with young people, which is not an easy thing to do. You either, can't, you either have it or you don't. And he really did. But he was a career-driven guy. And I said to him, you know you've got tremendous gifts of talking to young people. I said, you know you really are very good at communicating with young people because they seem to be able to, like a mag, they seem to just come to you. And he said, yeah, well, you know. I said, why don't you get more involved in your church and organize things, you know, bring young people in from the streets and, you know, get really involved in it. And he said, well, I'm a teacher, he said, and I have ambitions to become a principal, to be honest with you. And perhaps even maybe become a vice president or vice president become a vice principal and he said um it takes up a lot of my time and i want to put more effort into that and i spoke to him quite a while ago and he, he was telling me he never really got involved in that and i thought what a shame what a shame that that wasn't the case how on earth could he have let that opportunity go by because he was so gifted and i could see the gifting within him That I do my best to honour God sacrificially. Bet you're wondering about the pastel fruit pastels. Yeah. Do you remember the advert years ago? Try putting a fruit pastel in your mouth without eating it. Sacrificially given. That was a load of rubbish because I just put them in my mouth by about three or four at a time. Is Linda looking at me? Is she? <laughs> Did I do my best to honour God sacrificially? Now this is something I want to do a wee bit more with on this because to be honest with you, this is something that I think a lot of Christians struggle with big time. That I do my best to sacrificially give to God. Now, um, serving God can be hard work and there's absolutely no doubt about that. You see the jackhammer in the background? I used one of them once. I used to think those things were the easiest thing in the world. Anybody ever tried a jackhammer? Yeah. They're unbelievably heavy, aren't they? Incredibly heavy. I could not get over how hard that thing is to lift. And when you lift it up, it's on pneumatic air, and you pull the little trigger, and off it goes. And it just goes off in the mind of its own if you don't control it. Gosh, you need to have biceps, you know what I mean, the size of Popeye, up about here somewhere just to hold them. And this thing's bouncing all over the place. It's such hard work. 
And I used to see the guys out in the street, you know, when they're doing the, the roads and they're drilling this thing up and they made it look so easy. But it's hard work. Really, really hard work. And that's the work for God that we do is sacrificially hard work. And that's what I want to concentrate a wee bit on today. Um, Second Timothy. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please the commanding officer. Similar, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Now you see I've highlighted some of those words. Suffering, soldier, serving, commanding officer, hard work. To serve for the Lord is hard work. I don't care anybody tells me what it is. It is hard work. But it's rewarding. And that's the good thing about it. Sacrificially giving, there's a lot of work involved in being sacrificial about it. When you're constantly putting yourself... And you know what? When you're a workaday preacher, that's what the Methodist Church called people like myself who were local preachers. We were called workaday preachers. We worked during the day and preached at night. No matter what it is that you go to do, you know, love, relationships, marriage, being kind, telling the truth can be hard. And you're asking me telling the truth, that can be hard. Well, it is. And I'll tell you how. I used to work with this guy. Dear love him. I used to work with this guy. We were, we were working in this big job for the MOD. And uh, it was, it was a, a heat wave had come in in the middle of June. And it was so hot. It was unreal. And he had to work in this roof space in a, in a place, in an MOD place. And I'll not say where it was, but he had to work in this roof space. And it, it was unbelievable. It was like a novel up there. The problem was he wore these shorts and T-shirts. And he wore it on a Monday. And he came to work with the same one on on a Tuesday. And he came on a Tuesday and he came on Wednesday with the same t-shirt and shorts on. And by Thursday, let me tell you something, that guy was absolutely humming. <laughs> oh, it was hard work. And you know, at the, the, the first day he came in and I could smell him, it was bad enough. And I thought, I, gosh, I hope tomorrow he comes in with something different because he really needs to, but his, body, his bodily hygiene's not great, you know. It, it's absolutely minging here, you know. And I thought, what am I going to do here? Because I have to say something to him. To be honest, by the time Thursday come, I become so brutal. I just said to him, if tomorrow morning when I drive up in the van and you're standing at the edge of that road wearing them same things, I'm driving on and you're not getting into this van, I promise you. I says, because you're minging. <laughs> no matter what we do is hard work. It really is hard work. And when you set out to do stuff for the Lord, you have a lot of effort to put into it. I have to say I take my hat off to, to David here because he does a lot for what he does on a Sunday morning to come to preach. And I suppose whenever you do this particular type of work sometimes, you understand what it takes to put a sermon together. And as I was saying to people in here, it takes 12 hours to put a sermon together on average. 12 hours of work for studying, for looking at the Word, to get your heads together for the thought, to time of prayer, to ask God to bless you to give you the words into your heart and do it. And of course, David puts all the effort into the PowerPoint, which you didn't see here today, by the way. You know, all that lovely stuff that David, you know, those animations and everything. David Spielberg here, you know, <laughs> something else. 
because I, I was sitting doing this on Friday night going, oh, this is so substandard like, compared to what we are used to every Sunday morning. But no matter what we do, it's hard work. And this man holds a job down. And not only that, he's a head of department for what he does. And he does this teaching thing with us every Sunday. That's absolutely superb. And I think sometimes we fail to see that. Or maybe we do. But we really need to lift this man up a lot more in prayer. Because I'll tell you what, what he does is just pure gold. Every Sunday, it's hard work. You know, um, Rick Warren says this one thing. He says, the greatest tragedy is not death but a waste of life. And I want to change that slightly because I want to say the, the greatest tragedy is not death. It's the greatest tragedy as a Christian who sits back in the church in the armchair and does nothing. That is a tremendous waste. And this is what I'm saying about the whole idea of sacrificially given to the Lord. One day I was sitting thinking about oh, all the years that I'd spent in my former church and what we used to do. I used to think about the Sunday morning, about getting up, half nine I was in church for, for worship band practice. The church service started at 11 o'clock and then 12 o'clock come, usually depending on the preacher we got out, then we went down to the hall for a, a cup of tea, which we were involved in as well because we organised that too. Then we went home quickly and got a dinner. We actually got spuds and potatoes and gravy and everything and then we went out to Sunday school because Marion and I were both Sunday school teachers. And we went out to Sunday school in the afternoon. And then after Sunday school was over at three or four o'clock, then we set up for Sunday night for the Sunday night service, of which I was involved in because I did the PowerPoint and I also did the worship in that as well. And come the time you had to put everything all away because it was always in the church, upper room in the church hall. By the night when we got home on Sunday night, I was absolutely shattered. And on Monday mornings, I used to waking up thinking somebody had given me an absolutely tremendous kicking because I was so tired, totally tired. <coughs> and then there was the meetings that went on during the week that we went out to and the things that we were involved in, midweek Bible studies and prayer meetings. And then I was a leader in the church as well and was involved in leadership. And when I look back on it now and I think, gosh, I don't know if I could actually do that now. I don't know if I could do all the work that we did. Being a local preacher, there was meetings with that. And then, of course, then I was getting invited to go preaching places. Um, and I found it very hard to say no, because that's what I'm like. I'm terrible. And then when the local preaching bit came up for my own circuit in which I was involved in, sometimes there were double services. So you went from one church at half ten, and you went to another service at probably about a quarter to twelve to the next one. And you were preaching two hours on the trot. You used the same sermon, mind you, you know, same thing like, but you had to go to two different services. And boy, I tell you, um, you got home after that, I was totally, absolutely wrecked. But going to Sunday school was an amazing journey. And I loved it because that what we did every Sunday with the kids was absolutely amazing because I did Bible study with them and we went through the scriptures. And I know that um, one of my old Sunday school pupils is here and she'll say she hated it. Did you? No, you loved it. You did, because you used to give me a hard time. I know that. Sacrificially given to the Lord, what is it costing you to serve the Lord? That's the question I'm asking you right now, because that's what I've been asking myself. What's it costing me to serve the Lord? Eugene Peterson puts it wonderfully in Mark chapter 10, um, verse 29. Gosh, I hope I put that up here. Jesus said, mark my words, no one who sacrifices house, 
brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and my message will lose out. They will get it back, but multiplied many times in the house, in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. That's an amazing picture. You know when you ever you hear that um, points makes prizes? That's what I always say, points makes prizes. That's when you sacrificially give to the Lord. When you set something up that really does impact people's lives. I sometimes used to watch people who did more than I did as a Christian. Those who really pushed themselves to the very brink. I remember reading about um, a guy called, um, oh, he's gone in my head, I should have wrote this down on you, I should have, Jonathan Edwards, that was him, and he's a great American preacher. And he once wrote that he could either be a great husband or a great preacher. And he said, I chose to be a great preacher. He actually neglected his wife really badly, very rarely going anywhere with her or taking her out or doing anything with her which I thought was a tremendous tragedy. Because when I say about sacrificially giving, it's not about putting your family, you know, deteriorating or walking away or not being responsible for your family or taking time out to be with them. It's vitally important that you do have time with your family, that it doesn't totally impact everything that you do with them. I used to say to folks that I spent more time with other people's children looking after them in the church than I did with my own. When my girls were growing up, they very rarely saw me. And it's a guilt part of me that I actually really regret unbelievably. And I'll say to every young parent, don't ever do that to your children. Take time out to be with them. I was in business for myself and that was the problem because I was spending a lot of time working and a lot of time doing stuff in the church and not enough time with my family. And that's part of a guilt that I have to live with. And I've asked God to forgive me of that. Sacrificially given for the Lord doesn't mean you neglect your responsibility to what you have and what God's given to you, which is a family. That's amazing. For me, it was always a song that I... You maybe heard me talk about this before. There was a guy called Ray Bolts. Unfortunately, he's lost his way. Lost his way terribly. But he wrote a song about a guy going to heaven. And when he arrived into heaven, he walked around and he couldn't get over the architecture. And while he was looking around at the whole place, totally overwhelmed by what he saw... A young man came up to him smiling and said to him, you don't know me, but I used to be my Sunday school teacher. And every week you would say a prayer. One day I asked Jesus into my life. Thank you for doing that. And then he goes on and he keeps looking around and this other man comes up and he's smiling at him and he says, I'm sorry, but you don't know me. But one day he said, a missionary came to your church and you took all the money you had and you gave it because you cried when you heard the stories. And because of that gift you've given, I'm in heaven today. And as he progresses around heaven, as he keeps going on the journey, he keeps meeting all these people he had never met in his life before. And they're all saying, thank you. Because of your ministry, my life has been impacted and I'm here because of you. And he never realized he had done it. And that's the picture that I have in my, my mind. What if the effort that I've put into my church and what I do impacts people I've never realized? I'm sure it probably has. I hope it has. I'd like to think that it probably has. It's an amazing picture of heaven. In Matthew 25, verse 23. Oh, sorry, Ephesians. Mostly of what God does in love, 
keep company with him and learn to, to uh, learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not uh, contagious, it was extravagant, but he didn't love in order to give something from us, but to give everything, everything of himself to us. Love like that. Tell you what, it's such an amazing word, that. But if we look at those lovely words in Matthew 25, verse 23, the parable, um, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have, a fa- you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Jesus tells of the two faithful servants who used what they had been given to increase the master's wealth. And when the master returned from a long absence, he rewarded the two faithful servants and said to each of them, well done, well done. Every Christian longs to hear those words from Jesus' lips, well done. But the sacrificial given part of it for what we do as a group of Christians, as a people in a church, has to be very important has to take paramount. I'm often saying this, um, my job sitting at a, at a sales desk, I get to meet people. This week I've got to meet some really amazingly blessed people who have blessed my heart so much. Unbelievable. And one gentleman and a lady came in and I knew them. I, could, I knew the man and I thought, I know this man. And I said, sir, I know you, but I can't think of how I know you. And he said, his name? And I said, ah, now I know you. He was the guy who was involved in the building company that um, built Vicarin, the whole done the whole renovation of it. An amazing guy who's been involved in CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship, for years. He was telling me about some of the preachers that came to stay at his house, some of the most iconic people you've ever heard of. This man has served God in the most amazing way. Anyway, what he was in Dubai was a, a shower door. I got him a good price. He says, look, I'll go and measure it up and I'll ring you in an hour. He rang me back in an hour. Do you know what he said to me? It really blessed me. He said, you know, my wife and I went in to buy a shower door and we came out with a blessing. That's incredible. That's, that's the part of the job that I love. But you know what? There's others who'll come in to meet me and they'll know who I am because I'll be sitting on my desk and saying, nice, how are you? I haven't seen you in so long. And they'll be telling me about their church. And this lady came in one day and she said to me, you know, I, I hate the minister we have. Oh, I could just feel myself welling up. And I was saying, oh, really? Right. She went on and on about this minister. Can't stand the man at all. Oh, he's this and he's that and he's the other and he's everything. Oh, my heart was breaking. I All I could think of, poor minister, poor man. He's given everything he has. He's given up his life. He's given up his way of his career, his everything else. And he's gone into being a minister. And she got and I stopped her. I said, you've got to stop. Why? He says, you've got to stop doing this. You can't do this. You can't do what you're doing to your minister because it's so wrong. This is a servant of the Lord. This is an anointed man of God. You cannot keep talking about him in the way that you're doing because Satan has entered into your heart and you are doing wrong. You've got to love him. You've got to cherish him. You've got to pray for him and you've got to do everything you can to be loyal to him. In 36 years of serving the Lord in the Methodist Church, every minister we had, I showed loyalty to every one of them. I cherished them. I prayed for them. And sometimes I disagreed with what they did. And sometimes I would say to them, but I loved them. And I said to them in love, 
we'll move forward and we'll agree to disagree. But I never ever went to the point of going against them. Now I had one minister who came against me and made my life very difficult. And that was very hard for me, very difficult for me. But I continually prayed for that man. Even though we didn't get on at all, I prayed for him. Sacrificially giving is the hardest thing in the world as a Christian. Because here's how an old Christian put it to me one day. And a really lovely saint of the Lord. He says, Nigel, is your work for the Lord hurting you? I looked at him with piercing eyes and, and, you know, and, and I said, I, I don't understand the question. He said, service for the Lord, he says, is it hurting you? I says, in what way? Well, he said, when you get home at night from work and you feel really tired, do you ever get to the point where you say to yourself, oh boy, I wish I could go and lie down for a while and not have to go out tonight. I wonder could I make an excuse and not be there? And I laughed at him and I said, every week, every time. He said, going out in the morning, he said, when you're doing your stuff for God, when you're going out to preach, he said, do you sometimes feel you wish you didn't do it? I said, yes. Good, he said, it's hurting you. He said, that's what sacrificial giving is. Because he said, when you're doing for the Lord, Satan's going to come at you. And when he comes at you, he's going to say, why don't you take a wee night off? Why don't you go and sit down for a while and put up Netflix and do a bit of binge watching? Binge watching? I hear people in work tell me about binge watching. All day watching a series of programs? Oh my goodness. I've watched a few programs and I've watched them back to back, but never all day. Is your walking for the Lord and your work for God sacrificially, is it hurting? There's a great question. Is it hurting you to do for God? All I can say to you is, when you have a servant of the Lord who is a pastor in the church, a minister, love them, revere them, honour them, lift them up in prayer and be loyal to them, that is vitally important, so important. This week I read of a story of a minister, a lady minister in, in England, and she took her own life. And I felt, my goodness, a minister taking her own life? And as I read the story, it was a colleague who was writing the eulogy for her. But the colleague who was writing the eulogy, I could sense from what he was writing that he'd been burnt too many times. And he talked about the times whenever he's been criticised. Phone calls after the church service. I didn't like what you said today. Um, you shouldn't be preaching that kind of message. Why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing the other? It brought me right back to the people I've heard criticise other ministers about what they do. I sat in a meeting one night in the church, a leadership meeting, and one of the guys decided that it was a good opportunity to have a go at the minister of the church. And he said to him, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Chairman, but you're preaching on Sunday mornings. It's only milk, he said, you should be giving us solid stuff. I, I, I just cringed. I thought, this man's actually never said this. And one after the other, I watched people stand up and said, Mr. Truman, I, I really love your preaching on Sunday morning. I think you're an amazing minister. I think you're doing a great... All of us, we all stood up one after the other. And this man so graciously stood up and he said, well, I thank you for your point, he said. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I, I didn't think I was doing that. To be honest with you, he said, I would have always loved to be a Billy Graham. 
I would have loved to have seen thousands come down from their seats, come to the front and I would pray with them. I would have loved to have been a Billy Graham, he said. That would have been my greatest ambition in life, but God didn't want me to be that. He says, instead, he said, I'm a one-to-one guy and I love one-to-one. I meet people in their homes. I meet people in the church. I go to people and I sit with them and I chat with them and I pray with them. And when I pray with them, I get to hear their stories and many people I've led to the Lord that way. What a humbling thought. What a humbling thought. Are you sacrificially giving to the Lord? And the question I asked at the beginning was, did I do my best to honour God sacrificially? Did I do my best to honour God with everything that he has given to me? And then, of course, the last one. Did I do my best to honour God by living for him? Every day, every week, every month. Robin Mark writes a great song, you know. And funny, I was listening to him on the way down this morning. Um, some old numbers from the past. Every now and then, um, Aaron does a few wee numbers from the past. Um, and it brings me right back. Brings me right back to my early days as a Christian. Um, singing all those lovely old songs. But he writes this one. I think I have it up. I hope I have. Sorry. Piece of scripture again. Fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Hebrews 12 two, The pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Perfecter of our faith. Robin Ward writes this lovely song, When It's All Been Said and Done. When it's all been said and done, there's just one thing that matters, that I do my best to live for truth, that I live my life for you. When it's all been said and done, And all the treasures will mean nothing. Only what I've done for love's reward will stand the test of time. Lord, your mercy is so great that you look beyond our weakness. Thank goodness for that. And find purest gold in Mary Clay, making sinners into saints. You want my take on this one? In this room today, there's pure gold. The pure gold. There are people in here who are gifted and talented in ways I would love to be. And God only gives you what you can do. And I tell you what, God has blessed me in many ways. I've got to do things in my life I didn't think I'd ever do. Never did I ever think I would stand up here and talk to people. Never did I ever think I would ever lead a missions. And I led something like 15 of them for the lay witness movement in different churches and saw many people come to Christ. I never thought I would be that man. I never thought I would be there doing stuff. Never thought I'd be a Sunday school teacher for 20 years or to be a local preacher for that matter, but God gave me those gifts. But in here today, there are pure gold and people who are gifted. Are you doing your best for God? When it's all been said and done, that I do my best to live for truth, that I live my life for you? Is it hurting you to serve the Lord? Do you feel it in your bones? Do you feel it in your body at times when you have to sit down and prepare? Like I said, 
David sits and prepares every week to come here. I have no idea how this man does it every week. But he does. And that's pure gold. And he brings us the best teaching. Absolutely the best. Is it hurting you to give? Is it really? Because I know one thing. He doesn't go on to the internet and look up Amazon Prime and get a wee sermon the next day. Do you? <laughs> you would do it, yeah, I know. <laughs> but there's work involved in it, and that's my question. As I'm thinking about myself, and this is my thoughts for today, and this is me thinking about myself, that I can maybe bring this to you today. Where are you? Pure gold in this room today, pure gold. People gifted and talented. Are you doing everything God has for you? Because here, this is again, I know I have met some wonderful saints in my day that have really blessed me and changed me and, and made me the Christian I am today. But one of them said to me one day, he says, Nigel, have you met before the Lord, right? And he looked at you and he said, now you've done everything I've wanted you to do. And he made me think about that deeply from actually almost nearly to the point I was obsessed going, what, what am I not doing? What am I not doing? And he said, you know, It'd be the worst thing if you went to heaven and the Lord said, look, I had this gift for you and I had this gift for you and at this, why didn't you do that? Do you know what? I had things for you to do and you didn't do it. You would have been amazing at that, you know. You would have done the most amazing stuff with that. There's a very important thing about serving God, spiritual warfare. Satan hates your guts and that's it. At the end of the day, if you're a Christian and you're serving God, he will come at you. He will come at you with everything he has. Everything he's got. When I was preparing for this, when I was preparing for this, I could hear Satan saying to me in the background, you know, everything that you're going to say on Sunday morning is going to be meaningless. I don't know why you're doing this. And you know what? I was actually starting to get down about it. And I just stopped. And my little study upstairs, I just stopped. I pushed everything right up into my desk and I sat and I just put my head down. I had my puss cat sitting right beside me. She was there. In fact, she was up on the desk right beside me, rubbing at me, saying, come on, I need some stroke in here, some pats, come on. And the cat here, I'm a very needy cat, come. And like I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, I just rebuke Satan here and the cat's pushing at me. She's right up on my face, pushing me, you know. And I said, Lord, I'm doing this for you today and I ask you, all of you, Lord, and none of me, and just like that, Satan removed. For you, if you want to serve God, you're going to get it tight. All right, I'm just going to say it straight to you. If you're going to serve the Lord, it's not going to be easy. All right, never is. But we serve a God who deals with Satan in the most amazing way. All right. And the word of God is the greatest sword you have. And I used to say this to young Christians, and they're getting it tight. Start quoting scripture, and Satan will go from you like that. Because he can't deal with that. Can't deal with the word of God. Like that, he's gone. My question for you today is this. Are you doing your best for the Lord to honour him with everything he has given you by living your life for him the way you should? There's a good question, especially for the young people coming up, these young ones coming up through. Are you doing your best for God? Because like I said in here in this room today, pure gold. Pure gold. There are people in there, every one of you in here have got gifts and talents and I can see them. I'm a great man at seeing things in people and saying, you know what, you would be very good at this. You know the first day somebody came to me in my church and said to me, and do you know how this happened? 
I'll tell you how I had happened to become a local preacher. I, I, as you know, I play in the sound of our band. Our band was playing in the church that Sunday morning. The superintendent minister came to you in the morning and phoned me to our house and said, Nigel, I have got laryngitis. I have a funeral this afternoon. I want to save my voice for it. Can you take the service? I'd never taken a service in my life. I'd never stood in the pulpit and spoke. And I said to him, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Right, so give your testimony. Tell him about how you came to the Lord. And the phone went dead. It's just dead. And I said, hello? You still there, Nigel? I am, Cecil. I'm still here. You'll be okay. All right, all the best. Bump. And I sat with the phone in my hand. And I sat it there and thinking about it. I said, this can't be real. So I did. I stood up in the pulpit that day and I gave my testimony. And I got up into that large pulpit, this big high pulpit in Thomas Deep Methodist Church. And I laughed and I said to the folk, can you see me all right? <laughs> and everybody laughed. And I gave my testimony that day. And as I finished, I was wrapping up and the band were wrapping up and we're putting all our stands and music away. And this wee old gentleman came up to me. His name was Cecil Abram, Cyril Abram. He was a teacher in the college. And he came to me and he said, young man, you need to think about becoming a local preacher. Now, he was a lovely man, and I said, Mr. Abram, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. As I told you before, a series of things came, and the Lord was putting in my heart, and I kept saying to God, I am not getting into a pulpit. There's no way I'm doing that. I shan't be doing that, won't be doing it. It's not going to be happening. Well, it did. Tim's auntie, his auntie Francis, an absolute saint in the Lord, sitting behind me on the minibus, as I've told you before, I'm not proud of it, okay, but we call them the Blue Rinse Brigade. We used to go and pick them up every Sunday and bring them to church. Tim's auntie behind me says, Nigel, I was praying and the Lord says he wants you to be a local preacher. That was the prayer I asked two days before. Send someone to tell me it, Lord, and he did. Am I doing my best for you, Lord? That's the question Nigel has been asking God. Am I doing my best? And the honest answer to that question is, no, I'm not. Now I'm asking the question is, right, Lord, what have I to do for the Lord? What have I to do for you, Father? What have I to do for you and table? Can I invite you to do the same thing, maybe? I don't know. Is it for you? I don't know. Give it a go. Go on. Ask the Lord what he has for you. Am I doing the best? Like I said to you, there's purest gold sitting in this church today. Gifted, talented, blessed people in this church today. And may the Lord bless you to do for him. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, I've been praying and asking you to, Lord, use me mightily in this place. I've been asking you, Lord, to open and close doors. Father, can I invite my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, to do the same for you? Lord, can I ask you to bless these people? Lord, may I just pray that you'll bless each and every one of them today. That, Lord, they will do the self-examination and look at themselves and say, what am I doing for you or am I doing my best? Lord, will you bless each and every person here today? And when they leave this church, Lord, will you continue to bless them in the power of the Holy Spirit? Lord, pray for the worship team as they come up and lead us. Lord, now fill us in the power of your Holy Spirit as we sing, Lord. Lift us up into a new and amazing realm, Lord, that will be just out of this world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.